Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Josh. Today we're interviewing Dan Parent, the legendary creator with over 35 years of experience illustrating and writing for Archie Comics. He's also the creator of Kevin Keller and the co-creator of Prasad Aurora, who premiered this month in the new collection, The Archies in India. Yeah, and in this interview, we talk with Dan about his career in Archie Comics, creating Kevin Keller and other new characters. And we also talk about The Archies in India, the new book that just came out. And just a big thank you to Dan Parent for joining us on this episode. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're our first question we ask everyone is, um, what was your first entry into the world of Archie? Did you read the comics as a kid? I did. I did. Uh, I think the first uh, experience with Archie was if I recall correctly, it was a, a 1969 Josie and the Pussycats comic book. And I remember um, uh, at that time, my, my mom was cleaning houses and uh, she would bring me along with her and she'd have to buy me, she'd have like, you know, comic books to like, you know, keep me happy. <laughs> of course, at that time you could buy like five or six for a dollar. But, uh, and I remember it was like a bunch of Harvey comics and there was a, 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 19, a Josie and the Pussycats. And that was my first introduction to Archie. So what what brought you to working with Archie Comics? What's the story behind that partnership? Well, I um, you know, as I grew up, I was a huge comic book fan. Um, always uh buy, you know, started out with like Harvey Comics and Archie. Uh, you know, as you get to be like 7, 8 years old, you start getting into like the superhero comics and so I just love comics in general. I loved all comics. And just was a kid that always was the class artist and was always drawing and doodling and and then um out of high school, I um, after trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, I decided I ended up at the Joe Kubert School, mm-hmm. which many people, uh, you know, in the comic industry know of as a, it's a you know a starting ground for many comic book artists. Yeah, um, I mean, anybody who's grown up like myself reading comics, there was always these ads in the in the comic books. You know, go to the Joe Kubert School if you want to be a comic book artist, and so that's what I did, and. Um, Upon going to the school, uh, you do a lot of projects and you do, you know, portfolios. And uh, I had done some Archie-related um, projects. Um, and then as I, I as I really got going, really, as the ball got rolling with, with Kubert School, even though a lot of my assignments were superhero-based and a lot of the other kids decided to do things that were, you know, like more DC Marvel-friendly, I started doing a lot of Archie stuff just because the, the style really felt um, good to me and it was something I was familiar with and always liked. So I started doing Archie Archie projects. And um, first year, I actually um, went up to Archie Comics with what I had done. Um, they um, said I wasn't quite prepared yet, wasn't quite there. But they, you know, so they were encouraging. Uh, second year, I went back up. Wasn't quite ready yet. <laughs> um, third year, which is a three-year school, um, they came to the school. At, they come to the school to look at third-year portfolios. And they did come and they looked and they they liked what they saw at that point. And then they um, started giving me work during my third year. 
So I started doing like one pagers and fashion pages, those kinds of things uh, uh, during third year. And it just kept going from that point on. And I have um, never, never stopped working there 36 years ago. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. When you got, when you got that feedback from them, you know, that you're not quite ready. Did you feel, uh, did you feel discouraged at all? Or did you feel like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, get there. I was, um, no, I wasn't discouraged. I, I would have been probably more shocked if they had actually hired me at, at that point. <laughs> um, but I wasn't discouraged. Um, I just, I, I felt like, you know, it was, uh, they gave me good tips and, um, I felt like, you know, it was something to strive for. Um, so I was not, not discouraged. I mean, you have to, that's one thing you have to learn. Like, you know, when you're, when you're going to, you know, when you go to school, uh, but especially you're, when you're going to uh, an art school that, you have to get used to the idea of rejection and just sort of like take constructive criticism. You know, every day at the school, every project is we have a critique. So, you know, you have to have a, you know, if you have a thin skin, uh, it's, you can't keep that for too long when you're, when you're at art school. Um, so you just sort of, uh, you know, you, you learn from your critiques and learn from your rejections. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it just it just was you know, and and then when I was working when I started working at Archie, I was like I said I was working there during third year, and then upon graduation, you know, you're sort of figuring out what you're going to do full time, and it just locked out that one of the artists that worked in the art department at Archie um, decided to go freelance, so there was an opening in the art department, so they were like, do you want a full time job? And I was like, of course, I want a full-time job. I want insurance and benefits and I want a full-time job. And and then, so when I started there, they told me, you know, you'll work full-time and then you'll get to, you'll get to do freelance at night. So, um, which is, which was great. So I went from basically, you know, having a full-time job and then a nighttime job. So, um, you know, but when you're, you know, when you're, when you're 22 years old, you can put in those kinds of hours. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering, I went to music school in college, I'm a music teacher, and when we did those sort of critiques, I feel like people always had a go-to compliment they wanted to say, and then, you know, there's always these go-tos to say before they wanted to actually say what they actually wanted to say, <laughs> right. that happened in art school. Yeah, well, you know, again, I, I, I believe in that, that, when you're, you know, when you are critiquing yeah. people, it is always important to sort of point out the positive, too. Yes, I don't think yes. there's anything wrong with that because, you know, positive reinforcement is good too, but you definitely have, you can't, you know, hold back on the negative either. But, hmm. um, you know, I think that's realistic, you know, because usually in, in most of the work that we were doing, you know, um, you know, especially if you looked at the work we were doing in cure school from first year to third year, the rate of improvement was so drastic. Hmm. Like, you know, you would, you see people that you're there first year and you were like, these people are never going to get work professionally. To, to the point of where they become really good just because you're working, you know, you're drawing 10 hours a day, you know, for three years. So you're going to improve or, or not. Um, but it was, uh, yeah. So, so it's definitely like a crash course in, 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 in uh, you know, learning how to draw. And, and some people start, you know, like um, they start out really good and don't have as far of a journey. Some people start out horrible and they have a far, far way to go and then they started out like, you know, I think I was like kind of okay, pretty decent when I started, but I wasn't like, you know, at the top of the line. And I just uh, worked really, really hard. And um, Archie sort of like seemed like a, um, I don't say like a calculated move, but it was sort of like, it seemed like it fit, it fit my, my um, style. 
And where everyone else was going for, you know, to work for DC and Marvel, you know, there, there was a smaller odd group of us that were geared towards humor stuff. So it seemed like um, a good place to, you know, try and go. And, um, and it worked because at that time, Archie was, you know, you know, there was at that point, they were still publishing like 20 or 30 titles a month. They were, they were, you know, hiring full throttle at that point. So it was, um, it was just a good, it just worked out for whatever. And and a lot of it's luck too, because, you know, the fact that somebody had, you know, had quit, you know, as I was graduating really opened up the door for me. So, you know, it's, you know, it's part talent, it's part timing, it's a lot of things. Yeah. Do you, are there some things that stand out to you about how the world of Archie has changed? You know, the the world of Riverdale has changed since you started working there? Well, I mean, the comic industry has changed just in the last, you know, 30, it's been 36 years. And when I start, when I graduated, you know, or, or when I started Archie, I mean, DC, Marvel, all the people were putting out so many books. I mean, it was like, you know, 50, 60 titles a month was nothing. You know, now you've seen over the years as with publishing and digital technologies come in, you know, it's the comic industry isn't what it was. It's still there, but it's just not not quite the same, you know, same as it was. So I've seen a lot more, um, you know, with the with the you know introduction of the internet, you know, things have changed. You're seeing a lot more games online, um, digital comics. Um and then with Archie, it's been sort of um, like the last, you know, I'd say the last decade or so has been a, you know, a lot of things have changed because we, once we had, uh, had Riverdale come on, it just sort of like um, opened up Archie to like a new audience that hadn't been there before, um, which, you know, a lot of people who were, you know, who watch Riverdale were aware that Archie's even a comic book company or that it's even based on anything. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people who watch Riverdale, younger people will come and they'll look for the source material because their parents told them about it or they, they've heard of that Archie comics existed. And so we get readers that way who are just trying to see how, you know, how Riverdale came about. I was just going to say is definitely the, um, the 2015 Archie series and the horror books really got me back into Archie. You know, I was yeah. into it as a kid, but those really, you know, it was around the time I was starting to get more into comic books mm-hmm. and being, you yeah. know, going every, every Wednesday and it definitely brought me back in for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- th- they're the, they're the big changes really, really happened. I mean, I mean, again, I was at Archie for you know, 36 years about 2008, 2009 is when there was, you could really feel a shift because that was when, um, John Goldwater came over and t- took over the company. His, um, before it was run by Richard, Richard, um, Goldwater and Michael Silverclaw who passed away. Mm-hmm within a year of each other. So then, um, you know, new management came in, John is a CEO. Um, and, you know, and it also made a difference that John was, you know, a good 20, 30 years younger than his brother. Um, so then he was sort of like, um, you know, what, what are we, we need to do some, make some changes around here because Archie, it seems like it's very, um, white in the 1950s. And, um, you know, it just seems like it's hasn't changed a lot over the decades. You know, we need to, you know, shake things up a little bit. So you had things like um, introducing a lot of new characters, um, just, you know, changing the formats of some of the books, like making more like 20 page stories and more more crossovers, you know, more just more um, things that were like that fans liked. Um, you know, if, as far as introducing, you know, more characters, um, we, you know, introduce a lot of um, 
diversity. I, I introduced Kevin Keller, who is uh, Archie's first gay character. That was in 2010. Um, then we started to see, like, uh, with, with the positive responses for these things, um, new formats, like Afterlife with Archie, and the horror books, which did really, really well. And then there was sort of like the reboot of the Archie style, like the realistic style that they did, um, or Fiona Staples um, came up with. And all these things sort of led to Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Like the, the new styles, the new, the new the notoriety of what we were doing really caught um, like the you know TV people's eyes in it. And that's really, I think, what really um, you know, prompted that. Yeah, you know, with, recently we had the, um, the release of the Kevin Keller Omnibus, Mm-hmm. And like you said, you created him back in 2010, and he was the first openly gay character in Archie. Um, what do you feel like Kevin brings to Riverdale that other characters don't? I mean, just like a, a different perspective. Um, because, uh, well, and, and again, we was, um, there were a lot of gay kids at that time, you know, you know, obviously in, in, in the country. Um, and we hadn't really seen... You know that, and uh, we'd seen gay characters in you know some Marvel and DC books, but it hadn't really been attempted with uh, with, with Archie, which is you know still a family friendly kids comic. So the the goal was to just sort of you know, introduce a gay character that was um, you know widely accepted by R- the Riverdale characters because we want Riverdale to always be an inclusive place you know, where kids can feel comfortable. So we wanted to make sure that was part of the story. We also wanted to make sure that when we introduced Kevin, it wasn't like overly dramatic or like an after-school special kind of thing. Yeah. We wanted it to be more just like a, you know, his introduction to be more like comedic, fun, like you would read an Arch- in an Archie story. So um, the, the basic premise of Kevin when he first came in was that Veronica had a crush on him, not knowing he was gay, and just kind of made a fool of herself, just like, Going, you know, going, falling all over herself trying to impress Kevin and not being able to figure out what it was about him that she couldn't get. And, she, and Veronica's so, you know, um, self-absorbed. She just, they just never, she never realized that, you know, that that could be the case. And in the story, like, you know, Bay and Archie and Jughead all knew it, but they like didn't tell Veronica. They just kind of like let her like make a fool of herself. So it became like a, we call it like a threes company kind of story where like you know there's a lot of misunderstandings and things going on. Um, but the, I think that the, the way we introduced him worked because it was um, kind of traditional and kind of, it was. I, I think it was groundbreaking, but I think it was tra- traditional at the same time. And then, you know, then, then you just let the readers do what they're going to do. If they like the characters, um, they're going to, it, it's up to, it's up to them. They decide whether they like it or not. And Kevin was overwhelmingly met with a lot of like, um, well, of course, really good sales at first, which were really good. And um, he just clicked as one of the characters really, really fast. He became really accepted. And then um, and then by the time Riverdale came out, you know, he became one of the characters on the show. And um, and that's exactly how we wanted it to happen with Kevin. We wanted him to integrate it as part of the of the of the group. Um Whereas he feel like he's, you've all, he's always been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really loved... I love when he appears in books. Um, some of the episodes we've done recently, we just did Jughead's Time Police and Cena, you know, mm-hmm. has him show up in the book. And I love seeing him and I always want to see him more. And uh, again, um, in Afterlife with Archie, I think, you know, he shows up and, uh, you know, if 
we have we have ever see some more afterlife with Archie, I'd love to explore him in that world uh, even yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We afterlife with Archie was such a, a groundbreaker and it's, I I wish there were, you know, I know there's been a few a little bit of a delay in in books, but uh <laughs> I think we, you know, hopefully we it will be back at some point because there's a lot there's so much you can do with that book. Mhm. I mean, Kevin is obviously a character that you've not only you know, built over the years with your art, but also with your writing. And mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about your artistic journey. I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, when did you start writing as well? Was that always a part of your creativity from the beginning along with the art? Or did you kind of pick up writing sort of later in your career? Um, I started writing in like, a, I think it was like the early 90s. You know, I, I had been at Archie five or six years. And, um, you know, I kind of, every once in a while, I would like complain about a story, like to Victor, who was, Victor who was the editor at the time. I thought, oh, Victor, this story is just very good. And he'd be like, well, try and write your own stories. <laughs> and then I would suggest, I, I, I would give him ideas, which he would often reject, but um, I kept trying. And then I became more like kind of determined. I was like, okay, I'm going to set my mind into trying to write some really good stories. My, my, my um, role model at that point was um, Frank Doyle, who I always felt was the best Archie writer of all time because he always was really good at dialogue. Even if you read stories from him from the 50s and 60s, the, the dialogue was always really crisp and like fast. You could always tell his stories because of how well he wrote. So I always liked his style of writing, tried to follow that. And then in the early 90s, uh, I started writing more of my stories. Then I started writing like stories that um, I didn't draw. I just was writing for other, other artists. And then lucked into writing this uh, story uh, called uh, Love Showdown. And that was like in the 90, I don't know, 93, 94. Um, and it was like a four-part series um, that crossed over in four books. And basically the premise of the story was that Archie was finally done with Betty and Veronica. And it was going to choose another girl. Like he had been tired of the back and forth between the girls. Uh -huh. And that was our excuse to bring Cheryl Blossom back. <laughs> because Cheryl Blossom had been out of the out of the books for about a decade because she was just too racy at the time. Like there was, they were getting actually like complaints from people, and the stories oh, wow. were actually really racy. Like I, I am shocked that they even got away with them because you had stories with, you know, Cheryl was drinking beer on the beach. She was taking off her top. Um, you know, she was she she was definitely like um, a, a bad girl, and as popular as she was, they didn't like the backlash, so they just got rid of her. Um, but Bill Gallier and I, my friend Bill Gallier, who Bill, Bill was also a Kubert School uh, graduate who worked for Archie, we were writing this together, and we both liked Cheryl Blossom a lot. So we were like, this is a really great way to bring Cheryl back. So we did the four-issue series, and when it got out into the media that, like, Archie was going to pick a new girlfriend, it was, like, the first storyline that we ever did that got, like, like, like mainstream press. <laughs> and this is pre-internet. So it was like, you know, you know, it just, you know, it was, it, you know, newspapers were carrying like USA Today and like Life Magazine, Time Magazine were all carrying it. And then all like the TV shows picked it up, like, you know, Entertainment Tonight and Extra and all those shows were picking it up because it was just such a, like a pop culture thing. Um, and that was like the first dose like we got of like, um, you know, when something goes viral. So then, of course, you know, after that, we were, we would, we try periodically to try and, you know, keep that going, which you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But the, just the notoriety we got from that series uh, and the sales were like phenomenal. Like the sales like uh, went through the roof because people were buying these books to see like what was going to happen. Um, 
And then we introduce Cheryl, um, finally saying that this is Archie's choice. And it, and it just brought Cheryl back into the Archie uh, universe, which, and then she had her own series for probably, I think it lasted five or six years. Um, and, you know, she, she cemented her place back into the, uh, the, um, you know, Riverdale again. Well, I, you know, this month you've got another new character that you've got your hand in creating, which is Prasad Aurora. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, being, you know, they're being introduced in, in, uh, the Archies in India collection. Yes. Uh, but unlike with Kevin Keller, where you, you introduce the characters, both the writer and the artist, this one, you're, you have a collaborator. I'm just curious, you know, what's that process like, um, when you're introducing a new character sort of, uh, I don't want to say on your own, but uh, you know, mm -hmm. as that writer and, and artist versus doing it with a collaborator. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's fun because, um, like Bill wrote the story, Bill Geyer, and my longtime uh, cohort. Um, and we just knew that the story was, um, um, and we, then in the story, there's also a character called Amisha, who I had created about 10 years ago, who's in the story too. Um, and, um, but we needed like a kind of like a, you know, it's, it's sort of like a Bollywood themed story. So we sort of needed like a male, like superstar kind of uh, person to go along with it. So created him. And um, yeah, just made, basically when I read the script and then I just do style, like style guides, you know, I just do like designs for the character. Um, like I did designs for for Prasad and then sent them in, and then the editors look at it and they want changes to his hair. I think at first they gave him like a beard, and then they um, didn't want the, they didn't want the beard, so they removed the beard. He looked too old. Um, so there's like a little bit of tweaking back and forth, and then you just you know then then you have the character, um, and then you you uh, you know. Uh, release it now this story was released in the um collection the archie and india collection it wasn't in a regular book first it's, that's the first time you're going to see it um and yeah so it just i think it i think it came out this week i'm not sure but we'll see we'll find out we'll see what the reaction is um and uh, so far it seems pretty good we've heard some of you know from, from some of our indian uh, colleagues who seem to like him and um and I'll be in India in two weeks. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, cool. Promoting it. You know, this isn't the first time that Archie and the gang have visited India. What do you think it is about India that works so well for Archie's stories? Well, it helps that we're really popular there. Mm -hmm. Like, we are really, like, um, if you if you look at where Archie's really popular in the world, it's, it's USA, Canada, and India. Probably oh, wow. the top three countries. And every time we've gone to India... I mean, they they have grown up on Archie like like we have. They know the characters in and out. Um, they have collected the digests um, and just grown up with the characters there. And you know, and most of the Indian people, like you know, they they grew up, you know, they know English. So um, they, you know, there's no language barrier as far as like you know reading the comics and stuff. So, which is one thing I wasn't even sure about the first time I went there. I didn't know that English was their primary language. I just, you know, one of those things I didn't know. Um, but the they are, the characters are beloved there. And every time I've gone there, um, the reaction is just crazy with how much they love Archie. So it's just natural that we would continue our relationship with, with, uh, you know, India. And, uh, and also this is also a tie in with uh, a movie they're, they're making. There's going to be a movie, um, the Archies, uh, coming out next year, um, which will be an Indian production that's going to eventually air on Netflix. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Yeah, that is exciting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we'll all be, you know, we'll be talking about that. There may be some people 
um, from the movie that will be at the convention. I'm not totally sure. I've heard that there are rumors of that. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's really it's really exciting, and um, I love India. I just love the country. I love going there. I love the people. So it's uh, the only thing I don't like is you know the plane trips a little. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a little intense. But aside from that, I love it. Speaking of of traveling so much, I mean, I think anybody who follows your social media will see that you go to a lot of conventions all over the country and all over the world. And um, that's not, I don't think, at least from my perspective, it doesn't seem like that's, it's super common to go to as many conventions for creators as you do. Uh, so there's got to be something about it that you really love. And I'm just curious if you could talk about, you know, what draws you to so many different conventions? Is it the interacting with the fans? Is it the commissions? It started, it started as, um, yeah, I mean, I like, first of all, I like you know, the interaction with fans because, you know, when I started to do them, um, I guess it was maybe like, it's been like 10 or 12 years where I've really been doing them like a lot. And that was basically just, you know, um, you know, I, my kids got older, you know, once they were out of high school, then it was sort of like, you know, they didn't, you know, they're on their own. So I don't need to be as home as much. So I was able to go out, you know, start doing shows a little more. And it just became, um, you know, just, uh, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the interaction with people. Um, sometimes I overdo it. Like I think, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? I'm like, you know, I, I try and, and cut back a little bit, but then I'll get an invitation and, oh, I've never been here. I want to go here. Yeah. It's a really great place, to, you know, way to travel and see places you haven't seen. Um, so, yeah, I just, it's uh, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, I'm trying to, like, pace myself a little bit better. Um, uh, so, you know, when you're gone four or five weeks in a row, it can be really exhausting. Having said that, I'll be next month. I'll be like at you know four shows next month. So I'll be in India, wow. Vancouver, um, Seattle, and Alaska. Wow. So, but then I'm gonna in March will be just. I think I got one show in March. So that's I'm trying to pace myself a little better because I also have real deadlines too. I mean, yeah, yeah. In between traveling, I have to. I still have Archie deadlines to meet, so I have to. Um, you know, I've learned to. I've learned to draw on planes. <laughs> um, try, try and write on the plane it's a little easier to write but yeah, uh, I've learned definitely to take advantage of airplane because I mean when I'm traveling 18 hours on a plane to India you know I can I can, I can get a lot of work done in 18 hours so I'm going to try um, but yeah I just like I like to um, I like to travel I like to meet people um, and um, yeah I just um, didn't think I would be you know it would be such a big part of my career the traveling to conventions but it has and, um, you know, I'll keep doing it as long as I can, you know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, obviously you do. I know you post, um, for anybody listening, definitely should follow Dan because I know you post typically any commissions you do at a, at a con. I try uh, like to. I was there, a, was there a one over the past, you know, month or two that, that you particularly enjoyed doing? Yeah, I, I love doing commissions. Um, I, like, I like doing anything that's, like, different. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, as much as I love drawing the Archie characters, I like drawing them as superheroes mm-hmm. or, intermin- or intermingling with superheroes. Or I just like doing superheroes straight out, you know, in my style. are always fun. I saw you post a, a Rogue from X-Men they did recently that I, yeah. I liked a lot. did a Rogue. I think I did a Silver Surfer last week. Um, mm-hmm. I do, like... I didn't even do this anime character I'd never even heard of, but those are okay. Those are fun, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like doing, like... Um, one other thing that's really been kind of exploded in the last couple of years are like these variant covers. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean like a lot of retailers and a lot of people at conventions too are having you do like these, these, these um, variant covers. And those are a lot of fun because you can really go crazy with some of these like stuff that wouldn't cut it for, 
be on a regular comic book because it wouldn't make sense really for for Archie to do it. But for retailers, you can do like anything. Yeah, definitely. I, and, and those and, are a lot of fun. And oftentimes, the one that's the ones that you've done, you know, they're usually like paying homage to another kind of iconic image or things like that. And I've always enjoyed those. I mean, I'm doing. I'm yeah. I just did one that was like um, one that was an homage to like Spider Man two sixty two. I think it was. And then I did um, the one. <laughs> I do one for like this for Great Wall of Comics. They do a lot of um, and I. Um, done an homage to this Dave Stevens like Planet Comics one, and it did really well. So I've done like five homages to that same cover. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking, is, is any you know, is anybody gonna get sick of this? It's, you know, but they keep they they keep selling out, so I keep doing them, um, and they're fun. And then I like to do like I just did one um like it's a B and D rock and roll book coming out. So oh um, yeah yeah I did one as like the Go Go's cover yeah um, with the vacation <laughs> cover with them. Um, and then I'm doing like another one right now. It's like a Blondie cover and oh, a Joan Jet one. So um, those are just fun because people love pop culture, and Archie is so like emblematic of pop culture. So it's 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 really um, you you know you get you know you hit you hit it both ways. You get people who like the pop culture and the Archie part of it, or both. So I've I've got a kind of a unrelated question to Archie, but a fun one too. Uh, my my wife and I watched you on the Weakest Link. Oh god! I'm just, I'm just curious. We love we loved watching you on it. It was great. I was just curious. What, what was your experience like going on that show? Uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was interesting because we shot it like during the height of COVID. Mm. So they fly you to Los Angeles, and you have to wear your masks the whole time. You can't mingle with anybody. Uh, there's no audience. They just you know do, pipe in the soundtrack. You know afterwards with laughter and applause. Um, couldn't even get our pictures taken with Jane Lynch because they wanted to obviously keep her disease free. So, um, and this was right after we were vaccinated. So I was like back, I was in like the vaccinated cast. So we only had to stay there for like, like two days, you know, we were in and out, but there was a lot of people who were not vaccinated who had to stay there for a whole week Oh wow! in their hotel room. Um, so I was kind of the lucky ones. I just got to go. I kind of was there just in and out. Um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, she was really great. Uh, I had been on The Weakest Link 20 years ago. The original oh, wow. Link. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's clips of that out there, too, if you look hard enough. Um, you know, so it was like 2001 I was on. So, you know, you know, tw- yeah, so I was on the original one. And I had told them that when they were, they were, I was, when they were, I saw a commercial where they were saying, like, you know, Sign up to be on the weakest link, and I went online and I, I sent them an email saying I was on the original one, and I'd love to be on again. And they just contacted you through Zoom, and they make you do like a test, like a trivia test. Okay. But did really well on the trivia test because I know I'm really good at like pop culture stuff. That's about all I'm good at. I don't know anything else. <laughs> and I did all the pop culture tests and um, did like an interview back and forth. And then I had told them that I had done, I had actually drawn Jane Lynch because we did an Archie meets Glee comic. So I think that was sort of like the, the clincher, you know, and I told them, you know, you know, that was kind of a point of interest. So, yeah, so I, I went out and did it and um, I did as well as I did the first time. I didn't win the first time and I didn't win this time, but it was, <laughs> uh, it was still fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun experience. I'm sure. Yeah. I also was on just you know since we're talking about games. I was also on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire twenty years ago too. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. yep. Oh yeah, and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Did you use up your uh, you know all your 
the things that can help you? I'm forgetting the I use the, I, 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 again, lifeline. you know, um, like you do, like I did, I, I think I did it on each one of these shows. Like when you think too fast and answer too quickly and don't think about it, you screw up. Oh yeah. I know I did it on the first weakest link and I know I did it on this show because there was one of my answers I gave that I knew and I just said it too fast. And on uh, same thing on millionaire too. Like I did, I, um, guessed really quickly on, even though it's multiple choice. So I kind of screwed up early on. Um, but then for my, my phone, a friend, I had people at Archie as my phone, of friends. Yeah. Um, I had one of my, I went with one of my friends, Jen, who is another comic book friend of mine. I used her as my phone, a friend. I think it was like a rap question. Like it was a rap. And she got it right for me. Uh, I think I, I got $8,000 on, on millionaire. So I did win something. Yeah. There um, you go. But, um, but yeah, that was um, yeah, that was like two thousand four. So yeah, so yeah. Well, we just want to say thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, but before we go, do you have anything you know you want people to look out for, and where can people find you online? Well, people can find me. Um, my website's danparent.com. You can find me on Facebook, just Dan Parent, I guess. Uh, my Twitter handle is Parent Daniel. Uh, Instagram is Parent Daniel. You can find me there. And as far as projects going, I'm just working on a lot of uh, like summer stories right now, summer projects. Archie India is coming out. Um, we're going to be doing another India projects probably. Um, yeah, I may be doing a Kickstarter this year. But um, anyway, just look, just uh, stay tuned. Just check out the Archie site because there's a lot of Archie stuff coming up that I'm working on right now. Like a lot of spring and summer stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating or review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow Archie and me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie, I'd rather be caught dead. Just two friends who don't know who they want to be. Let's see them figure it out. Archie and